Your tan is lasting, which is really irritating because I tan for about an hour. But your tan is lasting, so good on you. I'm moisturising daily. I... Yeah. <laughs> I change. I'm starting to peel slightly. Oh. Yeah. You're appealing. Thank you. Hello and welcome to another episode of Help I Sexted My Boss, the podcast where we help you navigate the challenges of modern life, answering your 21st century questions and finding solutions to those everyday dilemmas. Like, what do you do if you can't find the D in Spain? And are there any luxury spots in Benidorm? No. <laughs> yes, there is. The, the old town's beautiful. Right, yeah, but yes, it might be beautiful, but beautiful doesn't necessarily equate to luxury. And about half an hour away, there's a luxury spa and treatment centre. Fine. Oh. Are we staying there? No. Oh. And what should you do if you've accidentally sexed your boss? But we're not your usual agony ants, are we? William Hansen, the UK's leading etiquette expert. No, we're not, Jordan North radio presenter. I'm more royal ball, you're more... Pub crawl. Oh, I love a good pub crawl. And that's from John Bell Hatchet. Thank I, you. I used to do pub crawls all the time. How about now? No, I can't. No. Because oh, you're old. Yeah. Okay. Um, should we have a gin de bonnet? You've heard of the Otley Run in Leeds, haven't you? Yeah, I've told you about the Otley Run. My mother thought James was doing was into cross country when he started at Leeds. Mm. Oh, he's he's throwing himself into cross country. He's doing the Otley Run, <laughs> and then we all learned it was a pub crawl. Yeah. <laughs> I did it once, dressed as a golfer. How original. <laughs> Um, right, we're going to do a toast, and I would like to toast... I know who it's going to be. Who? And I agree with you. Yes. Sinead O'Connor. No. Oh. Well, at the time of recording, we just got the sad news that she passed away. It was also number one when I was born, that. What? Nothing compares to you. Oh, and nothing does compare to you. Thank you. Wish it did. I'd like to toast Jump Cut Jack and Sophie, or Jack the Snipper, who got married at the weekend, and now their new Mr and Mrs Jump Cut... <laughs> Mr. Mr. and Mrs. Mrs. Jump Cat. Sophie's a producer on my radio show. Yes, of course. Absolute delight. So she works at Radio One and Jack works here. Oh my god. Hell. You're like their child. And when they first went on a date. Yes. Um Didn't Jack, they bond over sexist? Yeah, this yeah. was years ago. Jack was painting and decorating, I think. And she, she wrote in about a man with tattoos. Do you remember that message? Oh, yeah, Sophie yes. wrote in, yeah. Vividly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and now they're getting married. They, they're, yeah, they're so good. They're so lovely. Yeah. Um, anyway, so I hope they had a very nice time. <gasps> It'll be coming up to your one-year anniversary soon. Yes, a few more months, but yes. What are you going to do for it? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if we... Can well, you do that thing where a lot of people that get married up I know north, what you're going to say. You go, go back a year later and you get half price on a meal. I don't think at Claridge's that's a thing. <laughs> well, it should be. I'm sure Claridge's yeah, will yeah. look after us, but I don't think we'll be getting half price in the restaurant or at the, the salad bar. Let's put it that way. Got me a pint glass. <laughs> they did get you a pint glass. I know, it's somewhere in this studio, it's behind us. Anyway... As always, if you need our help with something, then we would love it if you got in touch. You can send your tales of trepidation to help at sexofmyboss.com or you can tweet us or send us a message on Instagram at sexofmyboss or you can write to William who promises a handwritten reply on his own lettered paper. The address for that is on the website sexofmyboss.com. If you... That should have... I thought we changed that. Oh. In the script, William who promises you a reply on his luxury self-seal, oh. what's it? I'll fire someone. Fire someone. We'll do the, if I was going to say, mm. before I was rudely interrupted, um, if, you, if you're listening now and you've never written in before and you've, you've 
been thinking for a while get, to get in touch, then definitely do. Because <laughs> the listeners' problems and dilemmas make this podcast. They do make the podcast, yes. Yeah. Um, and and I would say if you've got anything urgent or you've got you've got something hysterical, email is the best place to do it because we can read mm. it clearly. If you just want to send us nice things uh, and say nice things that it's not particularly urgent because it does take me a while to reply to everyone, that's addresses on the website. So okay. if it's desperately urgent or you think this is hysterical, I can't wait to hear it on the podcast. You might be waiting up to a year to hear it. So email is is the best. Oh damn. Or DM, yeah, yeah, anything, anything electronic. Email if you want to be anonymous as well. Um, are you excited for Benadol because it's not far away now? Yes, a couple of weeks. Are you looking forward to it? No. Why? <laughs> um, well, I mean, what do you mean why? You know me. How long have you known me? I've um, had, uh, we've had a formal invite, okay? A formal invitation. A formal invitation. Invite is the verb, invitation is the noun. Uh, it's from... Uh, it's, it's from Graham, my dad. Right, Graybo. Graybo. Uh, also, before I, I read the invitation out, at the time of recording this weekend, there's a, a party in Burnley. They're having a family do. And I don't know if this is you going? L- lovely or passive-aggressive. No, I can't because I'm working. So they've got... They've got a cardboard cutout <laughs> of you. They've got a cardboard cutout <laughs> of me, which I don't know how I feel about that. You don't now need to go to any more family events. Uh, anyway, this is the invitation. Jordan... I would like to formally invite yourself and William to watch Burnley versus Manchester City in the Red Lion pub in Benidorm, Friday the 11th of August 2023. Dress code is Burnley shirts, UTC. What, UTC, what universal time? What Up the clarets. Um, well, it's so kind. So, so, so kind. There you go. So, Not going, but it's very kind. I, I can get your Burnley shirt. Have you still got your one from Burnley that time? Uh, no, because I don't think we should bought it. I think we just did a photo and put it, <laughs> put it back on the shelf. Um, but no, it'll be lovely. I mean, I'm sure it'll be... I'm excited to meet all the G&D that have won Diva Espana with Amazon Music. I'm very excited for that. And um, we're going to record loads of different episodes. So we're going to record the live show that we're doing on the Saturday and then there's going to be loads of social media bits and yes. stuff. Yes, so if you missed out on the competition, G&D don't panic, you will still hear it. You won't be there. In fact, if anything... It's the best of both worlds, (laughs) because you'll be at home, surrounded by your own home comforts, but you'll sort of be there with us, not live, but you'll you'll hear it anyway. Before we ever even started this podcast and when we were friends, I always... What do you mean when we were friends, as if we're not now? Well, Well, yeah. yeah. Well, (laughs) when... (laughs) Well, when we were, like, before... Spoiler alert. (laughs) Before we even started this podcast, when I first met William, I always had it in my head that I wanted to take you to Benidorm for years and years. I just always wanted to take you. When I first met you, I had this thought, I always wanted to take you... That's a joke. That was weird. (laughs) That was really weird. You can't work out if you're disgusted or aroused. (laughs) Definitely not aroused. How's your week been? My week's absolutely fine, thank you. Um, We have a little update from Jean Diva Christian, who I won't, I don't want to sort of um, reveal my sources. Uh, but Christian works in the political journalism field. And Christian texts me to say that he was in the Houses of Parliament 
and he was chatting to a political editor of a newspaper. Again, I won't say which one. And it turns out the conversation got onto me. And because they had seen us interacting on Twitter. And anyway, they were chatting long things. And the long and the short of it is that this political editor is also, like Christian, a G&D. Shut up. And it ended with them shouting, Wendy, can I borrow your potato peeler in the parliamentary press gallery corridor? No. <laughs> no. So. That's amazing. I have then said them in, during PMQs. That's now the next thing. See, this is how people say I've changed. The last time I heard it was in Greg's with actual, <laughs> with actual Wendy outside Sunderland train station. Yes. Yeah. And you heard it in the Houses of Parliament. Talking of Wendy, and I didn't ask you this this week, obviously you posted that photograph of the book and you going, you know, the manuscript and doing your changes. Did, did Wendy like it? She loved it. Okay, good. Yeah. So we've got Wendy's... The only thing... She could actually do the cover quote. The only... Yes, yeah, she could. The only thing she didn't like... There was a couple of bits. Uh, just words. She any said, my bits? No, no, no. She loved Joby. It's mainly my bits. Uh, yeah. she, yeah, she well, loved, that's fair enough. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the only bit she didn't like was mm. at the end where you called me a scruffy slob from Burnley. Oh, she yes. She said, you're not scruffy or a slob. No, oh, oh, that's nice. No, I changed not, that. Not anymore. Yeah. Also, the, the <laughs> level of... I don't know if we can say this, but... Looking at the sort of the, the notes that Jordan and I had on, on just the final little tweaks, my level of detail was over a, a tight a nuance of royal protocol and whether Princess of Wales has the definite article of the in it. Because if you are the the actual Princess of Wales, you are Catherine, comma, the Princess of Wales. Whereas really if, not selling this book. If you're divorced <laughs> Like Diana, she became Diana, comma, Princess of Wales. If she was the Princess of Wales, it implies she is the current one. So that's the sort of level of detail I'm going in. Meanwhile, over on Jordan's column, it's, is Blosser ER or ZA? <laughs> and it's just, it was, I just thought potato, potato, which is really what makes this, this podcast go round. Are we keeping the Blosser bit in? I think we are, aren't we? Who knows? But you were quick. I mean, I just like the, I just like the contrast. Yeah. But yes, so, uh, no, my week's fine. I'm loving, I know she's having a bit of a resurgence. I don't know if you ever watched it back in the 90s. Uh, Jane Bolton from Airline. Yes. 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 And all, most, well, not all, a couple of series are on YouTube. Actually, the same channel that have lots of the hotel inspectors. Um, and so Mikey and I, every night, we watch at least three episodes of Airline. Really? absolutely obsessed. She was just... She's great. But also, it's it's a fascinating look back into, I say history. I mean, 20 it years ago. Yeah, 1999, I think it started. And obviously the airline industry was very different for the obvious reasons. And just customer service seems to be completely different to how it is now. And also the thing I've noticed is people's pass, obviously because cheap flights, EasyJet started just a couple of years before that, and similar sort of budget airlines, people sort of expected so much that they were so entitled. I mean, I appreciate people are entitled now, but they were so more entitled then because, of course, they were used to paying a lot more for their flights mm. and getting better, better service. Arguably, you get really good service um, within the programme and on, on EasyJet, but they're just, they're, they will turn up late or they don't have their passport and suddenly it's the airline's problem. Yeah. So you didn't turn up with your passport. She was it's fascinating. great. It's really, I've watched loads of like episodes on... Uh, TikTok. How yes. is the old? T you, you're everywhere at the moment. Yes. Now that you've got what's he called? Fred, viral Freddy. Right. First of all, give us a sec. We need to talk about Viral Freddy. Okay. You're doing loads of TikTok videos at the moment. You're yes. Everywhere. 
And I've been reading the comments, which you shouldn't do. And I'm very protective of you. Oh, bless you. A lot, I mean, you. see, I don't read that many of the comments. Good, read don't. and reply for a few, but I don't... Uh, that's it, then. Don't, because you won't be able to get out of bed in the morning. <laughs> what? There's just some of them. And I'm very protective. And I, I nearly replied to some of them, like, oh... I bet he's fun at parties. I was like, actually, he's quite a good laugh. And there was another one. I'm like, I bet he's got. I bet I, he's I like got the, the, the quite qualifier in that. I bet he's got loads of friends. I'm like, actually, he's probably got more friends than any other person I've ever met in my life. Bless you. He's out more than cat. So, um, <laughs> I, I was feeling very protective. But yeah, William's having a resurgence on TikTok. He's having a bit of a midlife well, crisis. A resurgence. I mean, I was never surged. He, he, he's thinking, look, if I've got to stay relevant in this game, I need to get loads of videos up on um, social media, which is true, which is true. <laughs> so he's hired a um, videographer. Is that the right term? Uh, social media producer. A social media producer who came into this studio last week and I just, mine, I'm a bit obsessed with him. Okay. Like, since I've met him, yeah. I can't, I just keep <laughs> chuckling to myself. <laughs> he's I've, great. I've followed him on Instagram and everything. I just... Yeah, but he's, he's quite young. He said he doesn't really post on Instagram massively because he's that generation. Like, oh, is he? We're, we're the Instagram oh, generation. Are they, are they he's the one below. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. TikTok, Snapchat. Yeah, all, all that, that weird stuff. Um, but he's just... I, I can't... Do you know what it was a bit like yeah. when we first met? Yes. And you made me laugh and I just was a bit, like, bewildered by you. Yeah. He... Right. He, well, if, if I go ill for whatever reason, you just do it with Freddie. He makes William sound like a northern miner. <laughs> <laughs> he's so posh. He sounds like Jack White. He's like... He's very well spoken. He clearly knows what he's doing yeah, because it's, it's, very it's working. And all I do is sit there and eat a pizza. And then he, you know, he films it and sticks it on the things and it goes bonkers. I think we should get him on a bonus episode. Well, maybe I we do. should. I think we should. It's just, he was so funny. Hilarious. But I, but, but there was a certain gin that we had. He's like, oh, you don't drink that, dude. It's fucking awful. You've, you've done, hang on. You've just made the Freddie impression the same impression as my father. Yeah, well, I'm working. I'm going to work on Freddie's. Okay, yeah, fine. I work on Freddie's, but yeah. Nice. So William's going viral. All thanks to, all thanks to Viral Freddie. Just going back to Airline, and I don't want to make light of anything, but the episode we watched last night. Uh, they were showing, and this was in 1999, they were showing a, they did like a role play in a, in a fairly generic looking boardroom uh, to a hostage situation. <laughs> and, well, for a start on the back of their, on, of the sort of the, the fake terrorists, it genuinely had easy terrorist <laughs> on the back, which I thought was a bit weird. <laughs> And then, then they cut to like the, the sort of the debrief afterwards. And the, the sort of police officer or whoever it was doing the training was like, the terrorists, they will come in and they will use three things. Speed, aggression, surprise. Well, that's sass. <laughs> and I just love the fact that they've got this idea of a terrorist coming in. It's like, oh, hello, get you. <laughs> Don't like what you're wearing. Freeze. Give me the cockpit. This is a hijack. <laughs> hijack. <laughs> It's the, it was the funniest thing ever. I mean, obviously, then it becomes not funny, given what happened two years later, but it was in the moment, and um, with that slight... It's the easy terrorist on the back of, uh, back of the shirts. I mean, bonkers. Anyway, do go and watch them. Airline on YouTube. Much, much better. Your week, all right? Yeah, good. Um, 
I've, uh, I've I've been filming an advert this week. Been filming an advert. Yeah, and it's 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 really weird. Wasn't left. Wasn't sure there wasn't anything left for you and I to advertise. I know. Um, it, it's it's really weird because I've got a standing, a stunt double. Oh. And I feel a bit sorry for a standing because he's a really nice guy, but the, a standing stunt double is meant to be somebody that looks like you. Mm. And um, basically, they've had to put like a bit of a curly wig in his hair <laughs> and sew it in. But I feel sorry for him. Because, and so it is. Yeah, like sewn a wig in. I feel sorry for him because, not sorry, that's not right, but like, he's I, 10 years younger, mm. right? He's taller mm. and way better looking. Right. So when he got the brief and they were like, you're standing in for Jordan North, he must have thought, <laughs> well, you hang on. Taking the piss on you, Jordan. I've just, I've just got a whole idea. Mm. If you and I need a holiday, Freddie can be me, and we'll get your standing. We can to be get you. my standing. Yeah, no one will notice. It's so weird as well. Like I've got pictures of us both in the same suit and stuff. I think I've shown you this. Is it doing anything for you? It's just like how weird's that? Yes, that is odd. But yeah. Like seeing double. And oh, um, are you film. Oh my god, you're not filming the new edition of The Parent Trap, are you? No, they're not. They haven't recast it with you. That was such a good film with Lindsay Lohan. Yeah, Jordan North is Lindsay Lohan. You're like the girl that when they go camping. Oh, I haven't seen it. I mean, I've not seen it recently. You know her stepmom when they go camping. Oh, how, how rude! <laughs> the stepmom no one likes. Yeah, the blonde one when they go camping. Yeah, my um. My friend George always used to say that my mother reminded him of Natasha Richardson, the, the actual mother in The Parent Trap. Oh, yeah. yeah. For those that actually want to know what my mother actually is potentially like. Yeah, your mum always reminds me of um, Thingy from um, Love Actually. Emma Thompson? Yeah. Oh, okay. Should, yeah, she'll take that. Yeah, she's had, she's had that before. She does. Yeah. Like Emma Thompson. That's nice. Um, and I've... Uh, <sighs> Oh. I've broken the law. You've broken the law? I've got to go on a speed awareness course. Oh. It's it's very bad. You shouldn't speed. I wasn't speeding that much. I was only a couple over, but I hold my hands up. Yeah, because I think if you're completely over, you don't even get offered the speed awareness course, possibly. I think no, it's I think just straight, straight to the points. Yeah. Points, so yeah. Oh. <sighs> I got one. Did you take the points? I asked for the speed awareness course and they said no. Oh, that's because you went. I think they just didn't want you. Oh, you got it done from driving back from Christopher Biggins. Oh, yes. Producer Ben has just told us, and I forgot this story, that he got points. He didn't get offered the speed awareness course when he was driving driving back from Biggins' house. It was because it was a rental car and we needed to get it back in time. So I was like... <laughs> did you not ask Biggins to pay the fight? No. No, it wasn't so, Christopher's fault. Did Suella Bellerman, whatever she's called. Suella Bra... What's she called? <laughs> <laughs> Hello to that political editor. Suella Braverman. Suella Braverman. Yes. Um, didn't she... She asked for, to have a private exclusive one. Are you going to... Maybe it could be you and Sue. Yeah. Yes. Can, can I have a private exclusive one? You an old Suella. <sighs> I went... I did one about... And it, it's wrong to speed and stuff, it is. And I genuinely hold my hands up and, and what have you. But um, I, I went on one when I first passed my driving test about, oh God, years ago in Preston. Mm -hmm. And it was exactly as I imagined. It were two blokes. They were like something from a Peter Kay sketch. They're like, right, bang, that's what could happen. <laughs> if you speed, over to you, Dave. 
Right, thanks, Pete. Okay, a lot of you, you need to listen now, and then they play you loads of videos, and you're just like, oh, for God's sake. And if you don't pay attention or you don't mm. get a part of the discussion, you, you... Yeah, you have to participate. I did, so the, I've only done you, it... You fail it. I think I did one... I can't remember if I've done one or two, but I definitely did one on Zoom during COVID, because thus we had to do them on Zoom, because we couldn't do them in the classroom. And this one's on Zoom. Oh, is it? Yeah, I think you can do it. Oh, tell me it's on even... Zoom. Oh, I'll take the points. <laughs> I'm not... Tell me it's on Zoom. Oh, I'll do it. I'm sure you... I think I can do it on Zoom. You've got to pay attention, though. Yeah. If I they know. see the screen flicking and, you know, you're checking your emails or, you know, browsing clothes websites, they'll... they'll you have to do it again. Anyway... He's the most focused person we've ever met. Yeah, you're right, Ben. Sarcasm is the lowest form of it. <laughs> so I... Um, we're doing it, and we were talking about road signs, and they're like, and actually, I didn't realise this. I did learn. I'd learnt lots. When you enter a new speed zone, when the speed zone changes, the, the first sign you get to is always bigger than the subsequent signs. So you get like a bigger twenty, for example, and then the others are slightly smaller. And he was talking about size. Like, yeah, it's bigger. It's about the size of a dinner plate. And he went, "I'm gonna." It was the same instructor that you had. Um, he went, "Don't don't ask me how big a dinner plate is, because who'd know that well." Unmute. <laughs> I think your height is about 21 centimetres. <laughs> is that what you said? Yeah, and that was my contribution. <laughs> oh, how long was it? Uh, I think it was two or three hours. Oh, f no. I think it we was... Should, we shouldn't make light of this. No. It's very serious. No, we're not. We're not making light of it. We're making serious. light of dinner plates. Making light of dinner plates, but you're right. But I did learn a lot, and still to this day, where there's street lighting, it's a 30. That's one of the things I learned. Well, not in London, no, because half it's a bloody 20, isn't it? Let's put it this way. Where there's street lighting, it's not higher than 30. Also, as well, so I had that thing in my car where the ding comes on when you go over. The what? The ding. The, well, you know, like, when you, like, reach 30 and it dings to let you know that you've got to 30. Right, you do that fine. most cars. Setting. Oh, does it? Okay. But it absolutely sets my undiagnosed ADHD off. Like, it's dinging all the time, so I've had to turn it off. It was driving me absolute crackers. Ding! Well, well that would probably be why you've ended up in the position mm, you're in. Yeah. So, I can't... Can you... Do you... I can't it, do it for... Send, it, send, send your stunt double. Is, yeah, my... Oh, that's a good shout. <laughs> oh, yes. I oh, know that'd be illegal. <laughs> that would be illegal. That would be illegal. And it, we're not Do you do this? It. Does anyone else? Do you turn the sound down on the radio to see better? Yes. <laughs> like when you're parking? Yes. Uh, or when you're... If I'm stressed, I will smack that radio off. Turn the sound down so you can see better. Yeah. No, yeah. I absolutely do that. Or do you ever get in the car, put, mm. turn the ignition on, and then the... The radio radio's on. blasts. Yeah. yeah. Switch back over to Radio 2. I would... <laughs> and I've also adopted something that my mother used to say, and used to wind me up as a child. We'd get in the car, be driving somewhere, and I'd go, can we have the radio on? Or can we have some music on? And she'd go, we'll wait until we get onto the motorway. Oh. Okay. And we lived nowhere near a motorway, so that was a long time. And now, Mikey will put the radio on, like, could we just wait until we get onto the motorway, please? <laughs> so I've, I've just become... What were your mum and dad like as drivers? Were they quite... My dad was the worst. Uh, no, they're fine. My mother's goey, but well, my father's all right. My dad had come back from, like, a tour in a war zone where you've got... They learn you to drive, and then he'd drop us off at school. <laughs> Christ. It was a nightmare. And I'll never forget my mate saying to me, I've never heard this swear word in my life, and my mate always says it now. Mm. He was actually taking us to Burnley. And my, drive went, my, my dad went, 
Get out the road, you cockhead! <laughs> and my mate was like, I've never heard the term cockhead before. <laughs> my grandfather used to say that the, the drivers on the road can be divided into two categories, Burks and Pillocks. Burks and Pillocks? Yeah. It's the same thing, isn't it? Well, yeah, but I yeah. think basically what he was trying to say is that everyone on the road is an idiot. It's, it's one of those, but I've seen that meme where you bump into someone in the street mm. and you're like, even though they bump into you, you're like, oh my God, sorry. So as soon as you're in the car, you're like, get over here, freaking, come on, you could get a pissing bus in there, you knobhead. And then, or you're like, does he want to get up my arse anymore? Fucking <laughs> hell. And then you get in the car. Right. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I'm a terrible driver. Remember, I, fa- I think, I'm, I, I'm back in the day when we started this podcast, I would have told this story, but I'll, I'll say it again. I failed my first driving test for being too polite. Can you remember this story? Yes. Because I literally, would, we were pulling back into the test centre road. I had finished everything. And an articulated lorry driver, a driver that spoke very well, um, let me out. And so I just removed my grip from the steering wheel. I was still making contact with the steering mm. wheel with the palm of my hand and just went, thank you, to the lorry driver. And apparently, according to examiner Dave, because my hand was off the wheel or not fully on the wheel, I had lost control of the vehicle, and so he failed me. Dave, Dave sounds like a right knob. Yeah. That was, that because you do wave. It, I, there's nothing worse than when you let someone pass and they don't wave a nod and you go, oh, cheers, dickhead. <laughs> like, mm. there's nothing worse. Yeah. 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 I love the little, um, where you put your winkers on. I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> that's what we call them in our house. Your, your winkers? Your indicators. Right. Yeah. Put your... <laughs> Your little hazards when they've let you pass. See? Yeah, but I think... When they've let you in. So you flash both your winkers, both your uh, indicators to say thank you. But I think, and you have to ask your friend Sam, who's a driving instructor, of course, I think legally that doesn't actually count. Like, Mm -hmm. you're not meant to do that. A lot of people do it, but it's not technically you're not meant to do it. Oh, oh, You're actually, Actually, I think the highway code, unless they've changed it, you're not actually meant to thank anyone at all. And I think that's very rude. Yeah, I agree. I agree. My grandma once got... um, (laughs) I've ever told you this in the car. We still laugh about it now. She once um, got mixed up with her seatbelt. She said to me, Dad, Graham, get your strap on. (laughs) (laughs) We were all laughing. She was like, what's so funny about that? And trying to explain a strap on to an 80-year-old woman. We were once playing, do you know the game Tell Me? It's a very simple board game. And it's you get like a spinny thing and you spin it and it lands on a different letter of the alphabet. And then someone else has some cards and it's like a chocolate bar and then whatever it lands on, beginning with M, Mars, for example. The first person to shout out a You played bar. this in the car? No, not in the car. No, oh. we play this, play this around the kitchen table. And anyway, very simple game. Good for all ages. Anyway, we were playing it once with Granny, Educate Granny, and we get to a magazine, uh, and it landed on N, and she just goes, nuts! <laughs> okay, how do you know about that? But that's, anyway. Oh, yeah. Right. Oh, Nuts yeah. Magazine. Yeah, Nuts Magazine, remember did you, that. Did, I used to, we're talking a lot about cars. I used to love, but also hate, um, car journeys and family, because there were six of us. Mm. So we had a Montego, a Rover Montego, where you could sit in the boot. And we'd travel from like Tidworth up back to Birmingham for the summer holidays. And all. Right. it'd start off well. We'd play like, I went to market. I've never done that. So you go for the alphabet. We used market. to play it while I'd go to Harrods. I went to market, I bought an apple, banana, mm. chips, that kind of thing. Yeah. And then about two hours in, it was just everyone kicking each other. <laughs> Mommy's touching me. Mum had to put a pillar in between you. So they weren't allowed on your set. Mommy's leg's touching me. 
and your dad would be like, I will pull this car over and paste the lot of you. Did you ever get that? No. I'll give you the best living of your life. I will pull over and I promise you, you won't be able to sit down for a pissing week. So we, we would play the lorry game, Granny and Grand. For God's sake! What? <laughs> Granny and Grand are not. Longest chat. Longest chat about cars. We'd do the lorry game where my grandfather would have printed off names of lorries and we would like, like um, uh, Eddie Stobart, for example, or Norbert <laughs> Destrongler. And we would have to, each would pick a different lorry. And then every time, and basically it's whoever had the highest tally of that particular lorry at the end of the journey. <laughs> One, I would always pick the Weetabix lorry because we never saw them and I could just go to sleep. <laughs> I couldn't be bothered. I'd be like, I'll be the Weetabix lorry. Did you ever do yellow car dig? Yellow car dig? Is that when you saw a yellow car, you hit them? Yeah. No, okay. Anyway. I think the producer's probably shot himself. So a lot we'll, of car we'll... chat there. Yes. Or we'll be hosting Top Gear next. I don't think we will. You'll be a star in a reasonably priced car. In a reasonably priced car. Nice. Right, should we go to your etiquettymology of the week before we go to the listeners' questions? Yes. It's William. William. The etiquette geek. His knowledge. Knowledge. Is quite unique. He'll give you manners. Manners. A subtle tweak. It's time for William's etiquettymology of the week. And this week, I thought I'd talk about, again, I'm trying to tailor them to you, Jordan. Why do we call it a pork pie, not a pig pie? Why don't we just scrap this if you're struggling? <laughs> Seriously. Why do we call it beef and not cow? Why do we have funny names for the meats we eat rather than actually calling them what they are? Oh, that's a fair point, actually. That's quite interesting. <sighs> um, well, and after these messages, you'll find out why. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Divas, thanks for sticking with us. Uh, it's time for William's etiquettymology of the week. Why do we say, Oh, I had a lovely bit of beef last night instead of saying I had a lovely bit of cow? Or, Oh, I love a pig and red sauce butty. Mm. Well, we don't say pig and red sauce butty. Right. We say pork. Say sausage. Yeah. Or sausage. Yeah, but you better, right, whatever. Or we say venison rather than deer. What beats what be, venison? Deer. Deer. In it. Yeah, yeah. in it. Or I mutton had, instead of lamb. sheep. Oh. I had venison for the first time in Lake District. Did you? Oh, it was really dear. <laughs> oh, dear. Done an etiquettymology and the jolly joke kind of week. Well, you did a joke. Um, anyway, it's a popular misconception that we have different names to distance ourselves because some people say, oh, it's because it's we're squeamish and we don't want to call it if we call the roast beef. Or we said roast cow, we won't want to eat it. That's got nothing to do with that. Um, Remember, a lot of people traditionally, historically, didn't eat meat. Meat eating as a concept is relatively new because to store meat, of course, you needed a fridge. Fridges were not around. You could have cold rooms or ice rooms, but it was problematic. Um, what did they eat? Just bread? 
Yeah, they, now pig, to be fair, was easier to do and you would smoke it or roast it, for example. So pig was, was a popular meat, but, but the other ones are, are quite new. And lamb, we'll get on to lamb in a minute as to when that started. Um, anyway, because English, of course, is derived from many languages, principally Latin and Germanic languages, um, there is a difference between the elite, that's me. Do you got any matchsticks? You, in a, I know exactly how this conversation is going to end. <laughs> The elite in society, so we'll call them the Williams, spoke the Norman French, whereas the natives stuck to Old English. So you would have spoke, spoken Old English. And so basically to use, the, um, to use the Norman French names was more sophisticated. So pork was pork with a C, beef, boeuf, mutton, mouton, veal was veau, and even butcher, the word butcher, where you go to get your meat, comes from the Norman French boucher, meaning to eat, like a moose bouche, your bouche, your mouth. Okay, that's why we have butchers. Um, so yes, so it was actually a more sophisticated thing to use the Norman French words, whereas um, your lot would have called them something else, but probably wouldn't have been eating the meat anyway. And lamb, of course, lamb is lamb. It's just a young sheep. And we call it lamb because it's relatively new. It goes back to the 1940s, which is when people started eating lamb. It came over from New Zealand, so it's not that much of a new thing. Lamb as lamb, not mutton. That's obviously older sheep. So can, basically, is mutton? Can you eat mutton? Yeah. It's not to everyone's taste, but you can eat it. But basically, the longer we have been eating something, the weirder the name, so it doesn't correspond. Whereas things like lamb or chicken, for example, chicken is chicken. It's a relatively new thing in terms of when we have started to eat it. Oh, okay. So there's a little bit of history. That's it. It's actually really interesting. When when did we start eating chicken? Uh, well, originally chickens were used for just like for eggs, basically. That's what that was the purpose of a chicken. Mm. Um, and then when it started to be eaten, they were actually called pullets. I seen a, a, again, yeah. I seen a video on TikTok of a chicken actually laying an egg coming out of its bum arse. <laughs> Orifice. Where does it? Does it come out of its fanny? I don't know where it's laughing at. Right. <laughs> and it come out and it was all wet and like silky. And then this and I've not I've not had eggs since. And I love eggs, and I don't know if it's bumped me up for life. It's honestly often... it comes out like it's got like it look it looks like jizz, it's come out with loads of things and it's like proper put me off and the guy who does it because and cooks it straight away like you see oh. Oh. you don't see that on chicken run when you was a kid no it was really fucking weird sorry to swear sorry i've not had eggs since i love eggs it's often best if you don't know how the sausage is made as they say mm. and i think that's a or how the chicken oh did you see they actually worked out recently what did come first the chicken or the egg no. And I think it was a chicken, I think, that came first, is what they worked out. There was oh. a whole news article. Google it. Fascinating. Shall we... Uh, well, shall... we've got a bit of, tiny bit of housekeeping. Oh, have we? Yes. We've been nominated for a British Podcast Award. Oh, fantastic. Yes, which is lovely. We're apparently best entertainment... Or we're one of five or six best entertainment nominations. Mm -hmm. And that was chosen by the judges. But you, Jean Devers, you can vote for us if you'd like in the Listener's Choice Award. How do they do that, Jordan? Well, first of all, we, we do ask a lot of our Jean Devers. We yes. We, so we, we, we hope that you don't think we take you for granted. Is that the right? Yeah. Yeah. So, like, we know we ask a lot of you, but if you would 
like to vote for us. You enjoy this podcast. Because we've never won anything. No. You, you, um, it comes as a shock to some. Um, and if you'd like us to win a podcast award, and you, you listen every day, and so many people... I, I must get stopped mm. at least two, three times a week in the street by people who go, I love the podcast, I listen all the time. So if that's you, and you want us to win a British podcast award, sexandmyboss.com forward slash vote. Of course, we hosted the awards... We a did few years ago. years ago. Not been asked back since. No, I don't think you get asked back. I think you just do it once. Mm. I know some award ceremonies you get asked. What do you mean? Uh. Yeah, yeah. I I should but, take this apart. I should. Have Ellis and John been asked again to do it this year? No, I don't. Mm. No. I did a really bad joke about Jay Rayner. Yes, you did. Yeah. I did a joke about Britney Spears and and her father, and that got again. It was it was a joke on. I was on Britney's side. It was a tough crowd. It was a tough crowd. It was a tough, in a tent. Yeah. So, anyway, uh, shall we go on to listeners' problems? Yes. This first one is from Anonymous. Hi, William and Jordan. I'm a florist and get deliveries of fresh flowers every week into my shop. The delivery driver is a bold man, about ten years older than me. Every time he drops the flowers off, we have a friendly catch-up, which I enjoyed, but things have started to take a less friendly turn. He now takes it upon himself to ask why I'm not pregnant and engaged every single week. To start with, I just laughed it off, but now it's uncomfortable and he doesn't let it go. He's even made comments about how he could take me through the back of the shop for two minutes and I'll be pregnant in no time with his super sperm. continuously tells me there must be something wrong with my boyfriend or I must be doing something wrong as to why he hasn't asked me to be his wife yet. He's harmless, but I really can't be bothered with it anymore. I even try setting my delivery days to when I know he's not working. How do I get him to stop asking me why I'm not pregnant or someone's wife yet? I don't want to be rude or nasty, as I think it's just his banter. Love the show. Much love. Anonymous. Yeah, uh, it sounds like you're going to have to go and speak to his employers, I think. You're going to maybe have to call them. Or, or just ask for a new delivery driver. Ask for a new delivery driver. If it's making you feel... and it's, it's, it, If I, it's I, making you feel uncomfortable, and even though you're saying it's just their banter, that's that's no excuse. I'd also remember... You know, that's I've said so this, bad. It's really bad, and I've said this before. He might be a nice bloke, but that's so bad. If someone's rude to you, you can actually be rude back. I know we try not to be rude, but sometimes two wrongs do make a right. So I would probably just reply with, please can you now stop talking to me about this going forward and actually be quite direct with him and be nice about it. Say, please, be short, keep it succinct. And if he continues after that, then maybe, yes, phone up and ask for a different driver. But just tell him to stop. But if, like me, you don't like confrontation, definitely speak to the uh, the delivery company and just say, can I speak to the operations manager or something like that? He'd be better on a call to explain <clears> it. And then and you might could, need to put it in writing as they well. They could be more sensitive about it. That's a horrible situation. Yeah, no nice. one should be made to feel uncomfortable at work. Um, this one is from Janine Harris Paget. Oh. oh. It could be Paget, but I'm going to going to make it a bit French. It's Paget. Yeah. Um, <laughs> sorry, I tried to do a Hyacinth. Oh, sorry. No, uh, no, I didn't pick up on it because I was actually talking about Hyacinth Bouquet. There was someone on the radio this morning, or they were referring to someone whose name was, as they said it, Bouzom. I was like, it's bosom. It's clearly bosom. It's, and they went, Mr. Bosom. Like, it's obviously bosom. Bosom. Dear William Jordan and EPP, I'm really hoping you can help me with a little issue that occurred today. Yesterday, a beautiful photo of my 88-year-old Nana landed in my family WhatsApp group. I loved it so much that I decided to print it out and frame it. Unfortunately, our printer is playing up, so I decided to visit a local printing shop. I was served by a lovely member of staff who was swift in getting it printed. But as I got my card out to pay, the gentleman said there would be no charge for the photo. I was a little confused, but then he followed up by saying, I have a feeling I know what it's for. As we were staring at each other,
fell in silence. I noticed the sympathetic expression on his face and it hit me. He thinks Nana has died and this is for the funeral. Mortified, I just stood there, not sure what to say. I couldn't lie and pretend it was for her coffin as that felt like very bad karma and something I'd think about every time I looked at my beautiful photo. Equally, I didn't feel I could say she was alive because he was trying to do something kind and it would be just so awkward for him. A total no-win situation. So my question is, what is the etiquette for when someone makes a mistake like that? It gave the entire family, including Nana, a good laugh, but I won't be getting any more photos printed for a long time. Thanks for all the laughs. Janine Harris, Paget. Janine, I probably would have just rolled with it. You, you did the right thing, but I, I would No, but just... she's worried that that will then trigger yeah, you bad don't... karma. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So mm, I think you did the right thing. Hilarious. But mm. the... <laughs> I would just say, I would just, I'd be honest, and I appreciate in the moment when, you know, the world stops and it probably feels like minutes, but actually it's seconds. I've just gone, oh, no, that's, that's so kind of you. It's, this is just a photo. She's still with us. God willing, uh, that's really kind. I'd like to pay for the photograph, please. Do you know what? I might get a picture of my grandma printed and get it for free. <laughs> I never thought that because Grandma Glennis is still alive. Oh, that's a really good hack to get a free picture printed. Um, I don't think that's the moral of this. I'm going to go in all sombre in black tie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, can you just print this? Sorry. Just give me a sec. <laughs> It's just been a hard week for the family. Can you just um, <laughs> can you just print this picture of my grandma, please? Yeah. Free of charge. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I'll, I'll mention you at the funeral. Thanks, bye. <laughs> I'm going to get a free picture now. You oh, didn't need a picture printed in the first place. I'm going to get a picture. My mum keeps sending loads of dogs. I will actually cry. Mum keeps sending loads of pictures of Frank in the WhatsApp group. Oh, so, is Frank all right? He's not. Mm. Don't. Okay. I'm okay. No, seriously. So I'm going to get some of them printed out. That's nice. He's so skinny at the moment as well. He's just weeing and pooing everywhere. Mm. That's not... like, it's a sign of things to come when your dad gets that age. I'm like, can we not make a joke of the dog dying, please? Anyway. This is from Anonymous as well. Hello, Jordan and William and PB. I work in a building with shared kitchens. I didn't like any of the mugs in the cupboard as they were either filthy or said things like, world's best dad. Uh, and as a female with no children, I didn't think it suited me. Or oh, I'm with stupid. Yeah. I popped over to Morrison's and treated myself to a lovely mug. It's very distinct and is green with zebras on it. Sounds lovely. Not long after this purchase, I noticed it had gone missing. And then to my dismay, last week I saw a lady in the office walking into her office with a freshly made cup of tea in my mug. I thought to myself, I'll wait until the end of the day until the mug is put back into the kitchen and I'll then take it to the office and put it in my drawer. However, at the end of the day, I saw the lady leaving her office with all of her paperwork, Tupperware and my mug. What do I do? Do I say, hey, that's my mug or accept defeat? I've never spoken to her and don't want to come across as pathetic or rude. Lots of love, Anonymous. Anonymous, uh, this is brilliant. We've never done mug... Mugget. Mug workplace office etiquette. Mugget. Mug what is it? Mug Mugget. Mudiket because no. I, I'm not even I can't please. <laughs> mug what is it? Mug. Mug. Eh. Eh. Ket. Mugget. Yes. Mugget. We've never done this because Never again. So story. many people get annoyed. Yeah. Mm. So um I if now if I was in the office Do you have a mug at your work? Uh, I don't, but at the BBC we all have like plain white mugs. Yes. Okay. Weren't they a band? <laughs> <laughs> so when I go in the cupboard at work, 
and there's loads of playwright mugs and there's the odd mug. Mm. You don't take that mug because you know that's somebody else's, don't you? So yeah, if um, if you do if you're in a workplace and you see a nice patterned mug, then that's probably somebody else's. If you go into workplace and all the mugs are different, then you maybe should take your own in, and everyone sticks to it. I tell you what you could do. What's your advice? And I've learned this quite recently with various things. You need to get and get them off Amazon or any other station, as I'm sure has them. A Securitas UV marker. And you write this invisible pen, and you can write on the bottom of whatever, on paper, on bottom of mugs, your name. You need to buy, also need to buy yourself a little UV light. And then when you go over to her and go, oh, hello, um, I think that's my mug. And she goes, no, it's not. You go, can I just, can I just show my UV light on the bottom, please? <laughs> and then you see it says their name, anonymous, in this instance. You go... That's my mug. Thanks so much. I have that back. Have you got UV light now? No, I don't. Okay. I'll go and get one. Okay. This final one is from another anonymous. Hey, boys. I have a dilemma involving my partner Todd and his father. One morning, while Todd was still in bed, I made my way downstairs to make breakfast. That's where I found Todd's father, Bob, in the lounge doing yoga. Bob struck up a conversation as he stretched on the floor and I sat on the sofa. As Bob changed from child's pose to swan pose, his member slipped out from his boxes. <laughs> I'm only laughing because this happened to me dad. <laughs> he was, he's taken up yoga as well. Okay, well, let's, let's finish this letter. Uh, his member slipped out from his boxes and I got a full, uncensored view of his genitals. <laughs> he scrambled to hide his sausage whilst... <laughs> whilst I tried to look away. Nothing was said and the conversation continued as normal. I'm not going to lie, I was slightly surprised by his todger. And, if I'm honest, it got my juices flowing a little. Wow. I always Oh, wow, this has taken a turn. I always found older men attractive and Bob is definitely attractive. <laughs> Friggin' up! This is taking up. This is ta this is the most help I sex with my boss letter. Jesus wept. This has taken a turn. When I think about it, if I wasn't in a loving and committed relationship with Todd, Bob would be someone I would totally go for. I would never do anything whilst I'm in a relationship, but I feel a bit guilty for seeing my partner's father this way. Firstly, do I need to tell Todd that I've seen his dad's willy? And secondly, what should I do about these simmering feelings for Bob? With much love, anonymous. I just thought this was going to be an innocent letter and how do you cope with seeing your father-in-law's dick? And I would say you ignore it and you don't say anything yeah. about it. Or you do what happened. My dad, exact same thing, he was speaking to a mate from work. Mm. He'd come in the gym and my dad was chatting to him. Right. And his mate from work said, they were talking about the day, the day ahead or something, it was early in the morning, and the guy just said, Graham, I can't take you seriously with your bollocks hanging out. <laughs> my dad just tucked him in and they cracked on. So, that would have been my advice. This is a whole heap of shit that <laughs> I don't know where we start. No. I, I would, for, your first question is, do you need to tell Todd you've seen his dad's willy? Yes, in a comedy way. Yeah, do it in a light-hearted way. Yeah. This not, was funny. Not during heats of passion, though. No. Oh, by the way, I see my dad's dick, yeah. No. Um, what should you do about these simmering feelings for Bob? Absolutely nothing, because he's your father-in-law. Exactly. <laughs> and also, why is Bob not wearing boxers? Oh, no, even sometimes with boxers on, they slip out. Maybe the button was broken or something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it's... it's I, look, let's put it this way. 
if should anything happen to you and your partner Todd and you split up, you can't then start dating the father. No, no, you can't. So, I mean, I also don't, we don't know the gender of Anonymous here, so I don't know if, you know, I'm going to guess that Anonymous might be a man. Possibly, yeah. Todd's father, Bob, even if you did split up with Todd, probably isn't going to be into you. And also... For two reasons. I agree with you there. Bollocks are hard work. I'm sorry? Your balls are a nightmare, aren't they? They're just, they get in way, they're always there, they just... Bollocks are an well, Why do you get them removed? Well, I don't I could know. do that I'm for just, a bonus. I'm just saying, I'm not getting castrated for a bonus. <laughs> Bloody hell, but just always like bollocks. Like, and if you if you don't have bollocks, they can be a bit of a nightmare. But you know what it's like? They just, they're not, yeah. When I was learning to row, that's why they all wear those things because they're slipping out and everything. I'm sorry. What? I've, I'm, Jordan, I'm going to ask you a question here that I never thought I'd ask you, but how big are your bollocks? <laughs> <laughs> I've just got a vision of these two two great big footballs down there. I never thought you'd ask me that question. No. How big are your bollocks? Average, I'd say. <laughs> just a normal size, darling. I can't believe we're having this conversation. Today's got to be one of the weirdest episodes. There was a lad at our school who... Um, no, it was at uni, actually, who called him Space Hopper. <laughs> he had massive bollocks. He used to get them out as his poetry. He used to put them in a pint glass. Yes. <laughs> he could put his bollocks in a pint glass and hold the pint glass, like, non-handed. Honestly, he had huge balls. We had someone at school who also had large bollocks who would get them out for a party trick as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did you ever play cock or ball? No, you have, I've asked, no, I haven't. We're not doing it on tour. Okay. We're not doing it in Benidorm. It's never happening. My mate used to do it. Anyway, right. I think we're finished. Big Bob's bollocks. Yes. Bob's big bollocks. What a load of bollocks. Proper British swear word, that, isn't it? Yes, it's all balls. All bollocks. Um, what's coming up on the weekend release, Jordan? Absolute bollocks. I don't know why it's a um, I can't believe you just asked me how big my balls are. What's coming up on the weekend release, Jordan? Uh, we've got a special guest on the weekend release this oh. week. From somebody that Williams... Is it Alex Palizzi? No, it's somebody that you've worked with. Oh. You know who it is. Gino DeCampo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they know a thing or two about getting frisque. Frisque? Mm-hmm. As in bouquet? Frisque. Okay. Is frisky the same as horny? I believe so. Okay. Always remember, you can listen every Tuesday and Friday. Watch us on YouTube on Mondays and share us on your socials all week. You can send your tales of trepidation to help at sexwithmyboss.com or you can tweet us or send us a message on Instagram at sexwithmyboss. Here you go. Or you can write to William, who in the fullness of time promises a handwritten reply on one of our luxury greeting cards with executive self-seal envelopes. The address is on the website sexandmyboss.com. You should read that. You'd do it better. Probably. Uh, We'll see you on Friday. Goodbye.